Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Whatever time you're listening to this, we really appreciate you tuning in. Today we're going to be going over the Madison Square Garden Ring of Honor and New Japan yeah. Super Show, yeah. G1 Super yeah. Show. Super Card. Let me pick it part in top five just around the pine. I be starting. We going to the garden. And I've been a marksman. Took me forever, but I finally hit the target. We going to the garden. Slicks like jargon. Better cut the check. This again to the bargain. We going to the garden. Plans like charted. No more stalling. Time to get started. We going to the garden. If you would have told me this a year ago, I would have said it was a miracle. I'm matching the game like I'm kidding. So hold on, cause here we go. Here we now go. we going to the garden. For everyone I said I couldn't. Every underpaying booking. Everyone that said that I would when they lose my foot and took it on the chin and can't push it. Today I've got with me Daniel from the Wrestling Newspaper FM podcast. How are you doing you, today, Daniel? How you doing, everyone? Happy to be here. Finally, we're doing a podcast after, what, two or three weeks off. Finally. Good stuff. And obviously, me and Daniel are both back from WrestleMania week. Um, just very quickly, because I know we will do a, do a show on it, but how was your experience over in New York? Uh, it was fantastic. It was. It was more. It was more of a wrestling heavy trip, I'd say, compared to say New Orleans or even Orlando. For me, uh, we saw some of the best wrestling that I've seen live. Anyway, um, we saw some great shows, and as I say, I'm glad to be here today. We're going to be talking about what for me was my most memorable show of the weekend. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm ready to talk about it. Um, in greater detail, Danny, how was your experience? How was it attending the G1 Supercard at Madison Square Garden? Um, my experience of Mania as a whole was slightly different than you. Uh, the Mania week, should I say? Um, the, the the wrestling took a little bit more of a backseat than previous years to tourism, um, seeing sights from famous movies and oh, fucking hell. things things you've always wanted to do, which I know you did. I know how impressed you were with Central Park. Um, shit all. The way you described it with a shit was a shit all with dead grass in a dirty pond with no ducks. Yeah, well, my argument is, Danny, yeah, right, I have saved up all year round to go to WrestleMania, right? If I wanted to go and see a huge park with a pond, with some benches, with cyclists on it, with couples holding hands. There is a nice park near me to do that. I have gone to New York, to WrestleMania, to watch world-class wrestling, not walk up and down a park. If I ever get married when I'm 70 years old, which hopefully I don't, there'll be a lot of time for that. So for me, it's just about wrestling. Tourism, I can Google it. But at the same time, you did a hell of a lot of tourism. Well, I was just trying to keep people happy. I obviously took G, who was a non-wrestling fan. Um, I'm not one of these people who will go to a show and shit on it while I'm there or do something and shit on it while I'm there because it ruins it for other people. I'll wait till the next day to bitch, cry, and complain about it. To me on WhatsApp. Um, <laughs> what I did love, G is one of Dan's mates and he's one of the nicest people um, you, you ever wish to meet. Um, and he's not a wrestling fan and he attended quite a lot of shows considering um, I noticed on his Facebook um, today or yesterday, he'd been to the gym 
and one of the guys at the gym said he'd fuck something up um, to a friend in passing. And G said he really wanted to chant, you fucked up, you fucked up. <laughs> i seen that, i seen that. I thought his one takeaway from going to WrestleMania weekend was you fucked up chant. Um, to answer your other question, um, for me, um, about actually attending this show and this building, um, I've been a fan of New Japan. Um, I got into it properly in Wrestle Kingdom 9. Um, Previous to that, I'd seen a lot of Japanese stuff, but obviously it's only recent recent years when New Japan's become the top promotion in Japan um, again. So I, I, it was Wrestle Kingdom 9 when I first saw it. Um, but the big thing for me is ROH. As, as I've said on this podcast previously, I got it got me back into wrestling after the whole invasion angles sort of burnt down. Um, I, I took a few years off and I saw ROH on the wrestling channel 2005. I went to Unified and I've been fortunate enough to go to a number of ROH shows over the years. But with the building that it was in, Madison Square Garden being legendary, um, it was without... <laughs> probably overstating it a little bit, but it was like a pilgrimage um, to, to to the mecca of pro- professional wrestling. Um, it, the, the, the building had seen so much history, and to see that little promotion that started in 2002 in Murphy Rec Centre in front of 300 people slowly and deliberately grow to a point where on a New Japan car, on a show with New Japan, they were able to pull in over 16,000 people um, in a sold-out venue. It was absolutely fantastic. Um, so it meant a lot. Uh, I had a little moment when I was in there, and I went and looked up at the roof, um, or the ceiling, should I say. Um, it, it was it was very special, I'll be honest with you. Um, so that that was my... That was my thoughts approaching the event. Uh, got in there, sat down. Couldn't believe the amount of English people that were there. Um, just down the road from us, there was uh, another Scouser, another Evertonian. Um, but literally our whole row, where me and Chris were, were, were English in that section. Yeah, well, as I say, I don't think we had that many English people around us. Um, thinking about it. But I know what you mean. For me... people complain that the show went six hours, whatever it went, five hours, 46 minutes, 25 seconds, whatever you want to call it. But for me, I'm glad it was a long show because it took me a a good two to three hours to actually sink in and watch the wrestling. For the first two hours I was there, I was just in awe of the place, of being there. I'm looking around, I'm thinking, I'm watching a wrestling show at Madison Square Garden. Um, I say it was the first thing we actually saw when we arrived on the train at, I think, Penn Street Station. We walked out. I didn't have a clue that Madison Square Gardens was there. We walked out, and I was like, wow, we're outside Madison Square Garden. The first thing I saw arriving in New York was a big poster New Japan, Ring of Honor on the front of the garden. That got me excited for it. But as I say, you said you've always dreamed of going to Madison Square Garden. It's like the mecca of professional wrestling. For me, it's the same. I I can remember um, WrestleMania 20. Um, I remember I was probably like 13, 14, something like that. And I'm um, 
I'm waiting. That ready. Me feel so <laughs> when you say shit like that. So I'm ready for WrestleMania 20, and there's. I'm watching the show and I'm thinking, wow, that looks amazing. It looks so amazing. I remember going to school the next day and uh, there was an American kid on our school bus. And he was like, I think I was reading probably WWE magazine, whatever it was. And he was like, oh, you watched the show last night? And nobody in our school watched wrestling. I was like, yeah, I said I did, yeah. And he was like, oh, he was like, I've been to Madison Square Garden. He was like, honestly, he was like, I can't explain how big that place is for an arena. It's unbelievable. And I remember thinking one day, I will go to that arena to watch wrestling. And it took me, what, that'll be 2004. Took me 15 years later. 15 years later, almost to the day. And I was sat there watching New Japan and Ring of Honor. So, yeah, it was an amazing feeling, wasn't it? I I think I said to you, Danny, a few times during the actual day, I was like, wow, as if this is actually happening. Yeah, I mean, there was something very... Like, I've... Been to bigger arenas. Um, the O2 is a bigger arena um, in London. Um, Manchester Arena is, I think, I either if not this, a very similar size, but uh, maybe a tiny bit bigger. The Barclays, the um, Barclays. Yeah, the, the, well, they, the, the the Barclays has a slightly lower when it's full. The capacity is slightly lower for wrestling, um, but it, it's of a similar size. Um, they spent uh, Madison Square Garden. I think they spent two hundred million um, a couple of years ago to to actually renovate the place, which is obviously a hell of a lot of money. You could build another arena for that. Well, it didn't fucking look like it. Can well, I, in, inside, I thought to myself, I thought this is why it's a great arena. It's dead old school. It's not. There's not as much leg room. It's dead cramped. The concourse is cramped. I, I, and I, I think I think that's. I think that obviously the build. They can only work within the limitations, but that was exactly the point I was trying to make. When you're inside the arena, um, it, it's not it's not a luxury arena. As I say, it, it's very as you say, the leg room is very tight. The concourses are, are very tight compared to most arenas that we go to when we go to WrestleMania. Um, and but there was there was a, a certain intangible. There was something that, that you couldn't touch. But you felt in the arena. I I, I honestly believe that the the gravity the gravity of history that was there, um, not just from wrestling either, um, but it is the world's most famous arena, and there was something that made it feel special. Definitely, definitely. When you went in, because you went in a little bit earlier than me, didn't you? Um, yes. Did you queue up the steps? Or not? Yes. I, to um, me, that that was different, steps. weren't it? Because you wouldn't the steps do that. Inside. Yeah, so you go inside past security, scan your ticket. No, you yes. it was just past security, and then you you literally in a queue upstairs, yeah. stood on the stairs. And I just thought, yeah, this this is what arenas would have happened in arenas years ago. Like you go to the Barclays, you scan through the security, you through that's it. You go and get your seventeen dollar beer, but none of that here. You queuing up some old stairs, and I, it was just like like you say it. It was a throwback for, for me, anyway. Someone who's not been to the older arenas, I thought it was fantastic. No worries. Well, listen, I know we're not doing um, a beer with Danny, but I need to open this. Um, this is a monster, a huge monster energy drink. This is the second of the day, as Dan will probably tell you, we're both badly battling jet lag at the moment, um, sleeping just nodding off in the day and then not sleeping at night. Um, so this is my 
my me battling back against jet lag and tonight I intend to get very drunk to try and make me go to sleep at a normal time. Just watch Raw, that'll send you to sleep. Um but yeah, I know what you mean. The jet lag for me, I the first two days I was fine. I got up at seven o'clock or whatever. And then Saturday I was meant to be seeing my little girl Sunday. Well, I was assuming that I was. I sat there and it was about I don't know, I was waking up every hour, like I was saying to you. And then I always wake up without the alarm at like 8 o'clock, half 7. Just always have, always will do. And I woke up and I looked at my phone and it said 13.35. I thought, <laughs> no, I thought there must be a mistake. There must be a mistake here. And then I'm looking, I'm thinking, oh my God, it's actually 25 to 2. And I was yeah. like, wow, wow. There's no point well, in that... even seeing Amelia. I might as well I go. Did... <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what I mean? Her day's pretty much done, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? At like, at what? Half past one, she goes to bed at like seven. So that by the time I've got up, I'd have washed or whatever. So yeah, I just stuck WXW on. Um, but yeah, no, so, as we were saying, a great experience was Madison Square Gardens. Um, we had had a pretty amazing day up to that point, haven't we? That was like the end of our day, really. Yeah, we'd... Um... We got up and we'd, I'd met you in the football bar Legends that had about six different games on. Um, we watched, we'd watched the uh, Leeds versus, well, what Leeds got beat by Birmingham um, in front of a couple of Le- Leeds fans. Well, it wasn't just a couple, the place was packed, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, and then obviously we went to, uh, to New York City FC versus Montreal Impact. Seeing the legend that is Bakary Sanya. Um, Spent some. You spent some time with the the ultras. I was too fucking old and lazy to go down and stand and jump for ninety minutes. Amazing experience. <laughs> I stayed in my seat, but yeah, we we got there eventually. You went to Hooters, and me and Chris went straight in because I wanted to soak up the atmosphere, and I just made Chris go with me. Yeah, uh, I, I wish I'd have done that. To be honest, um, well, hindsight's twenty twenty, isn't it? You know, but. Cause I actually um, missed, I, I messaged you, didn't I, to get a t-shirt, because I was worried I wouldn't get this t-shirt, um, for, I'll put a picture on Twitter for the, the t-shirt, but I just wanted the front, the, like that I was there, or whatever shit on the back, can we, sw- yeah, we can swear, whatever, um, just, I just wanted the event t-shirt for the G1 Supercar, because I thought this is a historic show, I was worried it'd sell out, because I'd heard of this sort of stuff happening before, uh, uh, all in, I think the shirt sold out really quick, medium is probably, I'd say, the most popular size, so I was oh, worried about definitely, that. definitely medium for me, definitely. <laughs> um, so I get inside, Danny, first all, mediums in this shirt, sold out. Next one, mediums, sold out. The third one, medium, sold out. At this point, I could hear Suzuki chant, so I'd already missed the first match. I was halfway through the Battle Royal, and then I get to this guy, and I'm like, can I please have the that adventure in a medium? And he walks over. I'm sat there. I'd just accepted defeat at this point, and he goes, here we go, medium. And I was like, yes, here we go, medium. <laughs> Let's crack on with the show. That was my thought. So, so at this point, you'd watch the opening match, Danny? Yeah, um, the the opening match was was actually quite entertaining. It, this was just to clarify, this was on the pre-show. It didn't get TV time. I think it will probably be aired on a Women of Honor um, YouTube video. Uh, it was Hannah Kimura, Stella Gray, 
Sumi Sakai, who really isn't one of my favorite wrestlers at all, uh, versus Jenny Rose, uh, Hazuki, and I think it was Kagetsu. Kagetsu. Um, it was it was an entertaining six man dark match um, or six woman dark match, should I say? Not um, certainly not one for the uh, you know for the Hall of Fame or the five star list, but it, it passed the time. And that was um, won by Jenny Rose, Hazuki, and Kagetsu. Um, not much really to say about this match, to be quite honest with you. It was it was just good. It was a distraction. Yeah. So you said there about the fives, not a five stars. What do you reckon that the good old observer gave it? Because I've got the report in front of me here to create some discussion. What do you think they gave it? I, I, I try to avoid. Um, Avoid the the Meltzer star rating as much as possible. Oh, uh, don't give me that, Danny. Right, I, I'm just on all this is like off topic. Right, do you know why I think it's good? In this day and age, I think it's good. I think ten years ago it was unnecessary. Right, there's that much wrestling going on now. Yeah, um, so say like I can look at a card where I don't have time to watch the full card. And have you ever, you know, your mate or whatever he does uh, the other podcast. Uh, I can't think of his name now. Benno. Yeah, he, he does it for Grapple. I don't know if we yeah. can mention him, whatever. And they've got an app, yeah? And what you do on the app, you rate the match out of five stars and say there's like, I don't know, a thousand users on it and it creates an average rating on it. So say if the, I'll go on that, view it, and if I see like, like say if it's a, they give it two stars, I'll think, oh, I can skip that one. But say if it's a good rating or whatever, I think, oh, I'll give it a watch. So I do think star ratings do come in handy, but I get what you mean. Sometimes it can be over-reliant in this day and age on the star ratings of a match. So, well, go on, I mean. I, I, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be honest with you. Um, the uh, That sounds great to me, what the, you know, where fans actually go on and yeah. the rater. Um, however, when Meltzer does it, the... Um, it was actually um, it was actually Jim Cornette who come up with the whole five star rating system. Um, it was him and his mate when they were growing up, um, and they basically rate matches. And it was to the point where it brought in different dimensions to a match. These were based on in ring ability, um, how involved the crowd were. Um, a number of different different scales. So each star was based on a specific ingredient that went into a match. Right. Meltzer's rating people as seven fucking stars, and yet never. And I'm not having to go with Meltzer. I just he has added to the general the the general fandom of wrestling. I can't say that he hasn't. I'm not having to go. However, I just don't like the rating system that's used. How is he giving Omega and Okada um, a seven-star match when he, he hasn't he hasn't get defined what those other two stars are for? How can any any other performer look to live up to that? I think they don't know what the extra two stars are for. for? He set a precedent, didn't he, when he gave uh, the first Omega Okada six? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, to me, I, I rate a lot of matches, yeah, but I'll never give more than a five. A five star match is a five star match. I, I don't, you never see a film, do you? That, and they'll, they'll say, 12 out of 10 for this film. 
It's like exactly. 10 is the maximum. Do you know what I mean? But whatever, that's up to him. Um, well, if if I was going to, if I was going to rate it out of a scale of five, not necessarily the the observers scale of five, I'd probably give the match one and a half um, because there was no backstory. There was um, there was it was just a standard match. Yeah. It wasn't particularly bad. There was no terrible spots. There was it was just a standard average dark match. I've gone for he. They went for two and a quarter stars. Um, mm. So yeah, but yeah, definitely check out that grapple app. Honestly, it's really good. It's a really good like index of like what matches to. Uh, do you know what I mean to check out? Um, well, it's as you say this this generation. How much we wrestling there is, and how much we can actually view. I can see why people would like it. Yeah, it does come in handy. So next, you watched the Honor Rumble, didn't you? Whereas I was still buying the t- forty-two minutes. Is that how long this match went? Yeah, it was. Wow, I, I really, really enjoyed this Rumble. There was great bits. There was funny bits. There was a lot of good wrestling. Um, when uh, Suzuki and uh, Ishii, who have had many battles over the year, when they actually turned around and faced each other. Great pop in the crowd. Um, Meltzer gave I, it one star. <laughs> well, that's, that's Dave Meltzer. Um, I've got to be honest with you, the the way it was done, um, I'm not Kenny King's biggest fan. Obviously, Kenny King came out with the win after uh, oh. hiding under the ring. I am not his greatest fan, and I think there's a lot of people around who are not his greatest fan. Think the guy can really work. However, I've said before, I don't think his character has changed in years, and I think he needs a fresh approach. However, on the build-up to this, first of all, you had Toru Yano, um going in, and then handing his entry to his friend Cole Cabana. Um, and obviously, we didn't realise this in the in the arena itself. So Toru Yano went and joined commentary. And what I loved about that was the the, the comedy between Ian Riccoboni going to um to, to Yano. Um so what do you think about such and such? And he goes, Ah oh, yes, very strong, very strong. <laughs> and then he said the same about everyone when he was coming back into commentary. Oh, very good, very strong. <laughs> Which I thought was absolutely fantastic. Um you saw it gave me one of my one of my greatest moments of of the night when I something I wasn't expecting, something I didn't know about, if it had been publicised, which I don't think it was, then I was unaware the fact that the Great Muta was going to make an appearance, albeit a very short-lived one in this match. Great Muta, who I grew up with watching and idolising in WCW, um, it was a fantastic moment for me. So, obviously, this is going to be Liger's, um, possibly, the last time I see Liger, he's retiring, and it comes to the end, and it's Liger and um, Musa as the last two, and they're ready to see this epic battle, and all of a sudden, Kenny King comes and fucking ruins it, but ruins it in a good way, because everyone fucking hates him, and he actually got a reaction, Um that's what I really enjoyed about it. Um, some of the interactions with um, the kingdom, um, showing Yo, 
uh, Rocky Romero, who did the Forever, uh, the Forever clothesline. That just the, the, the Taguchi was coaching everyone to do it. It was just, I really, really enjoyed this. Um, the, and then Yano actually stormed the ring later on. Um, so it was a 31 man battle royal, but it didn't matter. It was for me, it was really, really good fun. Yeah, well, see, you caught you only caught halfway through, didn't you? I'd basically just I, only halfway through, but by the time I'd like sat down, sorted G out, um, I don't know, I, I just turned around and everyone was popping for the great Muta. That was basically when I started watching the match. So as soon as that oh, happened, so right at the end, then that's yeah, right. yeah, I was like, right, G, go on. So G basically took himself off on his stadium tour at this point. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so we got rid of him. But, yeah, as I said, I, I couldn't really concentrate on this match, to be honest, Danny. Obviously, I know what happened. I was a bit... To me, Kenny King, it's like... Do you know what I mean? I, I, he's not really someone I want to see competing for the Ring of Honor title. I mean, you know my thoughts on some of the Ring of Honor products. I just think these are the guys that they need to be getting away from in the main event scene. To me, anyway, Kenny, like that, that's not going to... So, like, you're a diehard Ring of Honor fan, so you'll watch, yeah? I'll watch because I don't have anything better to do. But say, like, you people like Neil who'll watch maybe the big Ring of Honor shows, Kenny King main eventing for the title isn't going to bring them in like that to me. It, it, whenever I hear Kenny King's name, it just screams the Ring of Honor that's not for me. I don't know. Well, I can, I can appreciate that. As I say, I am not a Kenny King fan myself. However, what I will say is that Kenny King will not be challenging for that at a big show. He will be he will be challenging for that title with that with that opportunity at a road to maybe at a War of the Worlds, well, which well, has just been announced. Well, there you go. Do you know what I mean? So the winner of the match at one of the most historic shows in history is winning the match for what to have a title shot on a show that you say doesn't even matter. It just doesn't make any sense to me. You know, and give the win. And you know, if, if if it's that unimportant, just give the win to Liger in his last match, possibly, well, his last match at MSG. Do you know what I mean? Give the fans a good feeling. My counterpoint to that will be that Kenny King is someone, someone who needs to be refreshed, and he did get a he did get a reaction. My other point to that would be who won the. Um, who won the New Japan Rumble at Wrestle Kingdom off the top of your head? I don't. I don't even. I don't even think I watched it. Was it? Yeah. I don't know. But they, did I'm guessing they didn't get an IWGP Heavyweight Title match, or did they? No, but they did. And um, they did um, a shot at one of the titles. Oh I no! It, it was, was it not it was for the, those? They, they didn't never. do. They didn't do a Rumble. They didn't do a Rumble. They didn't do one this year. That's why I can't remember it. They did. Uh, it was like a number one contenders for the. Uh, do you know what I mean? The six uh, months. Six yeah. weeks, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. What about so, the year before then? <sighs> See, it's, know, it's, it's, it, yeah, it's just they're not offering a it's title. A pre, it's I know a pre-show. I know. Don't don't offer it. if a match is unimportant. Don't offer a shot at the biggest title in the company in it. In it, and it's basically a number one contenders match for the top title in the company. So if you don't see that as important, then you're basically short selling the belt for me. But whatever. Well, I don't. I don't think that necessarily is the case. Um, as I say, this isn't going to be a. Um, this isn't going to be a, a big match on a big card. But it it breathes life into Kenny King. Yeah. 
Right. So after this, after this great ending to the match, um, we uh, we go on to the main show. Um, I can't really remember the. You video. see, you 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 said sarcastically there after this great end to this match. No, I was trying not I to was, be sarcastic. I was, I was, I was actually a great. Movie. I was actually la- I was actually laughing because it was such a ridiculous thing. You're about to see these two epic people step in, and then all of a sudden, fucking Kenny King walks in and fucking ruins it. But he ruined it in a good way for me. Yeah. Right. So, if you're so, that's all that matters. Right. So, so you you, you forget you forget that you're Sorry. on the wrestling newspaper podcast, and I'm leading this. Um. So. Uh, the next match, Dan, <laughs> um, was the winner-takes-all match um, between Jeff Cobb and Will Ospreay, ROH World Television title. Well, and this was the first match, not the next match. Do you want to take this moment now? No, I'm just saying, I'm like, the intro, I was asking you about the intro to the show. Do you know what I mean? What was it like? I can't even remember it. Was there a video package? It was, yeah, there was a video package half done of Ring of Honor and half done of New Japan. And both sides basically talked about the importance of Madison Square Garden. Yeah, which would have set the tone for the show. Um, so, yeah, so the first match, it, you, you enjoy it, Danny? Cobb, Osprey? Well, thank you for asking, Daniel. Um, <laughs> yeah, I really enjoyed this match. Um, I love Jeff Cobb. I've loving the I'm loving the the way that Will Ospreay is changing his character. Um, last year in New Orleans, he was the Iron Man of the week. He was on every single show, and he played an injury. However legitimate it was, I don't know. But every show you saw him selling his neck after the injury that he'd suffered previously. Um, I think it was in the uh, I can't remember when, when he when he'd done his neck on the uh, the apron. However, yeah, it, it was the match with uh, Skrull, weren't it? At Sakura yeah. Genesis last year. Was it Sakura Genesis? Right, okay. I think so. Um, I think so. So he was selling that all week on every show, and it was to the point where you actually felt like saying, "Will have a break, lad. Take your time." And you were genuinely concerned for, because you do get concerned about the safety of him. And he has changed his style. I love the new finisher. The um, I can't remember what it's called, but it's basically the the uh, elbow um, while his opponent's in a, a sitting position or a seated position. Um, he has changed up his style. He still he can still do all the other stuff that he's done for years since he was like seventeen. But I'm enjoying his character, and I'm enjoying Jeff Cobb in ROH as well. Jeff Cobb, I've said it before is something, someone that you can build and he can take the company forward as a long-term champion in the same way that Samoa Joe did years ago. Correct, correct. For me, Cobb, put, stick the main title on him, give him a one-year run as champion. The guy is great. Um, he had a great match, didn't he, with Shane Taylor at the anniversary show. That was probably the match of the night, probably the best and match Shane Taylor has had. Agreed, agreed. I was going to say the same thing there. Um, and this match, on paper, this match was amazing. I've seen people actually say, Danny, this match was a bit of a letdown. And I've watched it back. In the building, it was very, very, very good. I remember thinking, oh, as if it's finished now. But I've watched it back. It was a great match. A great opener 
I, I love this match. It didn't need to be longer than 12 minutes. With what you've got to come later on, 12 minutes is fine. You don't need 20 minutes in the opener. They just went out there. They had a great match. Um, like you say, Osprey's finishing me. I think it's the is it Stormbreaker, they've called it. Um, yeah, they've got the Stormbreaker, the Ozcutter. Um, so he's obviously got two moves that he can win with now. Um, I, I love the match. I love this version of Osprey where he's not actually killing himself as much as he used to. Um, it was just a great match, weren't it? A great opening match. It was. And now, now that he's becoming a little bit more mature and he is changing his style, when he does do this insane high-flying shit that he can do and do to a very good standard, it means more. Yeah, because you're not seeing every every single move is this springboard, this that or the other. It means a lot more. Um, so I, I really enjoyed it. Um, the uh, tour of the island is probably my favourite finishing move in wrestling at the moment. It, yeah, it looks uh, high impact, but it looks wrong because you've seen somebody do a power slam for for so you know for so many years. And it's just, it, it looks weird the way he turns his body, but it looks impressive. So to do it from the top rope, and then... Yeah, I was just about that, to say it's even more impressive from the top rope. Oh, and then to follow that up with another one. Really enjoyed it. Will Ospreay certainly didn't lose anything in this match, uh, other than his title, obviously. Um, but he, in terms of, by losing to Jeff Cobb, there was no disgrace in it at all. No, Osprey, he's dropped the never open weight title, obviously. Jeff Cobb can now come into New Japan a little bit more often, have a few singles matches. He's facing Taichi, uh, one of the next big shows. Osprey, he can move on. For, he, he, I think Osprey sort of surpassed the never open weight title. He can go into the heavyweight scene and uh, ready for the G1, which hopefully he will be in. Well, I think that I think we've talked before about long, long-term booking off air. And I think that is classic New Japan. He was he, he made his way and won the uh, it was the best of the Super Juniors, wasn't it? Um, and then became or he he did very well in the tournament. Not sure whether he or Ricochet won it. Then he became the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion. Then he changes his style and he starts to change his body. He becomes more bulked. So he goes and moves on to the open weight title. And then, as you said, hopefully we're going to see him in the G1 and start really challenging at that main event spot that Kenny Omega's left for him. Yeah, it's time. It's time. And hopefully Ring of Honor realised that Cobb is, I think they already know it anyway. He's the guy for me that he's going to bring new eyes to the company. Um, I know you will get to Matt Taven later. But for me, when you've got guys like Jeff Cobb, that's who should be in the title picture. But we'll save that for later on. This was, let's not ruin this, this was a great match. A great opener. I've heard people, as I say, say it didn't deliver. Osprey had a great match with Bandido on the WrestleCon Super Show. And this was right up there. Another great Will Osprey match on this on this weekend. Um, we yeah. saw the match, didn't we, at Rev Pro the day before. That was He broke his nose in that match, didn't he? So yeah. to do this match with a broken nose, um, even more impressive. So, yeah, no, great match between the two. Can we just mention as well um, Will Ospreay, who nearly took out a guy in a wheelchair um, and then felt genuine remorse and went over twice to make sure he was okay. Yeah, yeah, I saw uh, that. <laughs> that's great. I, and the, the guy, I think the guy was just made up um, that he was involved in the show. Uh, he seemed okay as well. Um, 
we moved on after this um, to um, the singles. Well, I don't think we're going to spend much time on this singles match between Roosh and Dalton Castle with the boys uh, alongside him. What's your thoughts on this, first of all, then? Well, personally, Rush is probably, Roosh, should I say, is probably one of my most, I enjoy watching him in Ring of Honor. I was buzzing when they signed, I was surprised when they signed him. I thought maybe he might be going to AEW or maybe stay in MLW if that's what he was in. Um, but Rush, I, the guy just oozes personality. He oozes personality. I loved his match with Bandido at the anniversary show last month. And I felt I'd been l- listening to Dalton Castle. He'd been saying, this is going to be the match where I get my mojo back that I've not had for 18 months. So I, I, I'm going to be honest, out of all the Ring of Honor versus Ring of Honor matches, this, for me, was the one I was looking forward to the most. So when it ended in 15 seconds, I was like... Oh. And, and to me, I know I've complained to you on WhatsApp about the Ring of Honor part of this show. This, for me, just started my opinion on the actual Ring of Honor stuff on the show. I didn't like it. Um, obviously, it was it was leading to a bigger picture of the story of Castle turning on the boys. I, I'm, not, I'm not up for doing this at MSG. I don't like turns and stuff like that on your WrestleMania-type shows. Save that for your TV, for your other type of shows. I, I didn't like it. You, your thoughts? Um... I thought it gives a bo- I think it gives a boost to Rush or Rush as I can. I, you know, I just feel so so wrong saying Rush. I'm gonna God just call him Rush from now on. Um, <laughs> not to be confused with Ian, the horrible Welsh. Anyway, right, we'll um, twat. Yes, uh, Rush. Um, it did him proud. He destroyed a stalwart of Ring of Honor again. So, like we said about, I said about Kenny King. I think it breathes... At this point, Dalton Castle is made up of string and chewing gum. That's all that's holding him together. He's been out for a long time, and he's been injured for a lot of it, and he's tried to perform through it. Unfortunately, his performances, while he's been injured, haven't been anywhere near to the standard that he did have. So it, it changes him up a little bit. It gives him something new to work on. In terms of what you said about... The doing it at, at an event like MSG, I kind of agree with you. Um, I could have not seen this on the card, but then when he attacked the boys, eh, I thought it was good. There's no point in there was no point in stretching that match out any further than it needed to be. Fifteen seconds, sixteen seconds, whatever it was, that was fine. But yeah, I kind of agree that it didn't need to happen on this card. It could have happened at the TV tapings. Um, next week. Yeah, so, so yeah. are you ready to introduce the next match so I can discuss this classic? Yeah, um, this was the Ring of Honor Women Women of Honor world title match between Kelly Klein and Mayu Iwatani, um, who had Sumi Sakai in a corner. Um, crack on. 10 minutes and 38 seconds. That is how long this match went right. Danny, I'm pretty sure you'll agree with this part of it. The Women of Honours division, it's no good. You might disagree. I watch, whenever I watch a Ring of Honour show, without fail, the worst match on the show is the women's division, yeah? 
They're trying to do what WWE do and have it like, oh, they've got to be on the show. They're not good enough. They shouldn't be on the show, right? And definitely they shouldn't be on MSG where, I'm I'm sorry to say this, where 80%, 75% of the building are there for New Japan. Nobody wanted to see this match. Stick it on the pre-show. I didn't want to see it. If you're going to have a match go 15 seconds, flip-flop it and have this go 15 seconds and have the rush match go a little bit longer. But the fact that this match got 10 minutes, 10 minutes, and Dragon Lee, Ishimori, and Bandido got eight is a disgrace. It was... I, I was literally... I was watching the show and I thought, this is MSG. This is Ring of Honor in New Japan. The biggest show in, like, what? Ever? It's Ring of Honor's biggest show ever. It's a huge show for New Japan. And we've got Kelly Klein against Mayu Iwatani going 10 minutes in a... In a ugh, the crowd, you could hear a pin drop. I guarantee if you sat front row, you could hear Neil talking from the top of the arena. That's how quiet it was. It he was has got just, a loud voice, to be fair. He's got a loud voice, but I, honestly, it, it just had no place on the show at all. If they really wanted to do it, they didn't need to have it go 10 minutes. This sort of, for me, was the start of a downward spiral. And it was just making me... I, I try to get behind Ring of Honor, right? For me, I think Ring of Honor... If I just watch a Ring of Honor show just on its own, I can enjoy it. I can take the positives out of it. I might whine and complain or whatever. But I'll take the positives out and I'll enjoy it. Master of the craft. I'm sure I will enjoy that show. But when you mix in, you've got Tanahashi, Okada, wrestlers like that on this show, Sabre Jr., even JY, who I completely flip-flop my opinion of. You can't have this match on this show go 10 painful minutes. Nobody gave a flying... I'm not going to swear because I don't need to. (laughs) No, nobody gave a flying fuck about this match. And they've gone 10 minutes out. Honestly, put it this way. This match, being where it was, made people not care about the next match, which we'll then get into. Danny, I know, Paul, if you're listening, you told me it was a nice technical match. <laughs> anyway, no, well, let me on. let me Go let on. me just let me respond to some points it was made. It wasn't it wasn't the best match. It was a standard match. I come out I come out of that show saying there's only two matches I didn't love on this card, and one of them was this, and the other one was the ROH World Title match. However, my opinion changed on both. When I rewatched it, um, this wasn't a good match. I'm not going to defend it. However, I thought there's some there were some botch spots in it. Um, specifically, Kelly Klein's finish, um, where I thought she'd landed Maya Iwatani right on her head. She didn't. She actually cradled it into it and made it look very, very good to the point that we all thought she botched it. But she hadn't. So I'm not saying it was a great match. It wasn't. It was a standard match. You've talked about the women of honour and saying that you you basically said the shite. <laughs> well, they're not. However, what I will say, and I've said it last week after the 17th anniversary show, I do believe that ROH have highlighted the wrong women from the Women of Honour. Jenny Rose is a fantastic worker. 
Um, there's a number of girls there that can actually really, really put on a good match. And you only get to see them if you watch a Women of, Women of Honour on YouTube. Um, so I will kind of agree with you and kind of not agree with you. But you've yeah. also got to take into account, you're saying that this isn't, doesn't deserve to be on a card like this. No. With every, re- with every great wrestling card and any stand, standard wrestling uh, pay-per-view or big event, you've got to have popcorn matches. And there's got to be an ebb and a flow to each show. You, it, 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 in very much the same way as house music used to work, you've got to bring them up and then you've got to bring them down to appreciate the next match and then bring them back up again. So there's got to be matches. You, you, there was, there's an old thing called, and I'll probably bring this up with you later on, it's called burning out of territory. And you have to realise that you cannot go 100%, 100% of the time. And that goes for a match in a singular card and a pay-per-view after a pay-per-view after a pay-per-view. Because you just burn out the territory. You can't I agree with you, pace. Danny. Danny, me, me and Neil were sat there when everyone was saying about... Uh, we're trying to think what match was added to WrestleMania. And we was like, oh, we're buzzing this match has been added because it means I can go to the toilet and get a drink, whatever, recover. Exactly. Right? Yep, that's all well and good. Here, I had Rush versus Dalton Castle. I had Kelly Klein versus Iwatani. And then I had some random, pointless six-man tag back to back to back which took in total, probably from start to finish of each segment, probably took maybe 50 minutes of the show, yeah? In that time, I'd been to the toilet, I'd got a drink, I'd sat back down, I didn't need 50 minutes of nothing, of nothing. I was what? I was an hour into the show, Danny, an hour and 15 minutes, and I was thinking, this is shit. I was honestly well, thinking that, and that should never happen at a show like this. Luckily, New Japan were there to save the day. Just to pull you up on some points, it was less than 30 minutes. Um, what, now, what? So from the start of... I don't it know, was less than 30. Rush... Those, those, those matches that you mentioned, um, Rush to the end of the tag match, it was less than 30 minutes. So, no chance. Well, what, so from, okay, Rush, could... from Rush's entrance, yeah, to when yeah. Enzo and Cass come out, that was 30 minutes. Yeah. That's a, right, well, well, the tag team that... match went 15 minutes. The the next match, the other match went 10 minutes, so that's 25 minutes. The rush match went 15 seconds, so that's 26 minutes. All and the shit in between. Four minutes for, for entrances. Four minutes for entrances. We had that idiot coming out singing, going to the garden. I actually quite like that song. But um, <laughs> <laughs> going to yeah, the garden. That, 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 really, that really didn't work, but I'm sure we'll get on to it. I enjoyed um, that bit. That was the best bit. On, that was the best part of this Ring of Honor three matches we had. But that, that was bizarre, that though. You've gone from the never open weight title to Doncaster, where it was a storyline bit that nobody cared about. And then, well, you tend to find that Ring of Honor fans cared about it. Well, and again, I'll pull, I'll, pull, I'll pull you up on something else as well that you said. When new, we went to New Orleans, um, you'll agree that a lot of the time, a lot of the same people go to WrestleMania, as I'm sure, because we've done it ourselves. However, at the last um, WrestleMania, which wasn't in New Orleans, which wasn't as big of a crowd or of many people traveling, Ring of Honor sold 7,000 tickets. Now, this Ring of Honor's home is built around the Northeast. And whenever they go to 
Manhattan Center, and whenever they go around the New York or the tri-state area, they sell out. So they did now, 7,000. They... Where was this? Orlando? No, this was New Orleans. New Orleans, yeah, right. They Who was 7, on that show? Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, Cody Rhodes, who were basically partway responsible for this show. This show possibly... Who were all Ring of Honor talent. Yeah, they were all Ring of Honor yeah. talent, but they've gone now. They've, they've yeah. jumped on. They've jumped off. But I'm saying that... Ring of Honor next year will not sell 7,000 tickets. I think that they would... I think they'd sell more. I've got to be honest with you. I think if they were put oh, into... Oh, Danny, it, Danny, sell. no. Because it's a, what you, what you, you come in as a... You come in as a f- person who isn't a fan of Ring of Honor, so you, to a great degree, you you haven't seen the build. And what Ring of Honor is is a slow build based on principles of no nonsense wrestling. And this is what they've gone for. This is what they've built. They've built up from a thousand people in Liverpool as the biggest card to three and a half thousand in Florida to seven thousand in New Orleans to this. Is I, Ring of Honor built on wrestling anymore? It it doesn't seem that way to me. Look at some of the matches. It's all... They're trying to be a poor version of WWE from what I can see. Look at some of the stuff that happened on this show, Danny. It was all wannabe sports entertainment from the guy coming out singing his song, from Juice Robinson getting beat down backstage, to terrible women's matches, to Dalton Castle turning. Do you know what I mean? That wasn't about good wrestling. That ring... I think this is my problem with Ring of Honor. I loved it back in the day. Um, I think I had, what, an eight-year, nine-year break from it, and I came back, and it wasn't didn't seem to be about wrestling anymore. It seemed to be about... I don't know. Just I don't even know. Well, you've got to underst- understand... What you've got to understand, Dan, is this card was produced by New Japan and Ring of Honor. There certainly wasn't 10% attendance of ROH fans there. Oh, I but it was, it was produced by... Well, it wasn't. I mean, the, the, it just wasn't the case. Um, if you look at if you look at the card, it was a show produced by both companies, and it had to have a look. The, the, Which ended said, up being the Ring of Honor part of the show. Well, it did, but you're, you're bypassing, as we spoke off here before, the Ring of Honor talents that were going up against New Japan talents. Yeah, I agree. I so, agree with that part. I agree with that part, yeah. So what, you, what you've got to say is, the less, the bigger, the bigger matches here were built up for New Japan. Um, you can see that in the uh, IWGP title um, and also the, you know, the, the the world title match. They were built up for that. And New Japan's a bigger company. It's got many, many, many more years. It's forty five odd years old, forty five plus years old. Ring of Honor is not at that stage yet. Now, also another thing you've got to remember is that New Japan have been over to America three or four times now, and they've sold out once, and that was in a 4,000-seat arena. So don't discount what Ring of Honor have brought to the table by doing this in the home base, promoting it in the way that they have. Right. I and think, to, Danny, 16,000, what was that? Was that the attendance, yeah? Uh, six, yeah, 16 or something. Right. Cents. Well, I'm going to say what I think, right? I think... I agree with what you say. I'm not here saying, oh, New Japan. I think New Japan's brilliant, but let's be honest, they don't sell. Like you said, they don't sell out. All I'm telling you right now, in my personal opinion, 50% of the crowd, yeah, originally bought tickets to see Omega, to see the Young Bucks, to see Cody Rhodes. That, let's be honest, the show probably wouldn't have sold out. Otherwise, you, you've got an example of this. Dallas, 
What New Japan have sold what two thousand tickets or something for Dallas? Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm just saying, of the crowd, I don't think that many people were there to see Ring of Honor. I also think, don't think initially that many people were specific there to see New Japan. But the reaction for the New Japan wrestlers compared to the Ring of Honor wrestlers tells its own story. I'll let you finish off on this. I'll let you finish off on again. This. again. Again, that was be- again that was because the New Japan stars were the ones that were rightly spotlighted more so than the Ring of Honor guys. New Japan's a much bigger company. ROH is its little brother. Mm. I- I'm but, just a bit annoyed. I'm not trying to have a go at Ring of Honor because I know you said I'm not a fan of Ring of Honor. I, I am. Well, you're, you're, a, a casual, way, you're a casual. I'm a casual fan, but I do. I'd love Ring of Honor to do well. Yeah, and I just feel like this was their opportunity in front of sixteen thousand people to say right. Let's let's stop all this bullshit. Do you know what I mean? We don't need bloody Angelina Love and Velvet Sky from TNA from 15 years coming out. Let's just give these pe- all these people in this building. The majority of them are just they want to see good wrestling, don't they? So let's just give them good wrestling. We'll give them the best three possible matches we can do with Ring of Honor Star versus Ring of Honor Star. And we're going to show New Japan that yeah, we can go out there and deliver great matches. And they just didn't do. It. I think I'm angry about it. Yeah. I'm not trying to shit on Ring of Honor, but I, I was just more frustrated that they didn't, in my opinion, seize that opportunity to go out there and do it. Like you say, they were handicapped by the fact that probably the most five or six top wrestlers were all in matches against New Japan. Yeah, yeah. fair enough. And, but they and also had... We'll, they, uh, go on. Well, I don't think we're ever going to agree on this. No. But I th- as I say, I go back to the, uh, the ebb and the flow of the show. The fact um, that I, you said ten percent of the people were there to see Ring of Honor, and I, I honestly believe that is a grand overstatement. Um, you know, we will move on. Yeah. However, we have to move on to the the uh, street fight, which I was think originally. I said all I need to say about that. I'll let you okay. talk about that because it was, I it just was thought it was shit. It was a standard match. Uh, they told a little bit of a story. Great to see Juice Robinson and Haskins in that position. Um, after such a performance at the 17th anniversary, I don't think they made the most of what Shane Taylor could do. Um, so, again, we, we've, we've said our little piece on that. It wasn't a great match. How much did you make, Mel, to give it? Uh, one and a half stars. Yeah, that's, I wouldn't... I wouldn't. Completely disagree with them. Yeah. Um, it's just like I say, Danny, it should be on the show. Like 50, a 15 minute match. 15 minute match on this show. It just, I don't know. It, and I, I tell you what, I worry about, you know, Juice Robinson. Rewind back a year, Danny. He was over as shit, Juice Robinson. Do you remember? He was like having, he had a great match with GAY, I think, uh, one of the New Japan shows. And now he, I feel like he just comes out and he's, I don't know, he's just like another guy. And he was like, he, he hasn't, I'm saying? Uh, I agree. Uh, he, he hasn't established himself in front of the Ring of Honor. Um, no. I think he will. Oh, I, 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 yeah, he's, he's too good not to. But again, I think Lifeblood's a really good idea. And I think it's, uh, it, it, it's as with Ring of Honor, with most things, it's a slow build. Um, so we'll see where it goes. But I, I, do, I do agree that he, he hasn't quite hit the heights that he's hitting New Japan in Ring of Honor just yet. Um, so uh, next match is oh, the... hang on, hang on. We missed Enzo and Cass. Oh, shit. the Enzo and Cass stuff. So, um, Enzo, so us lap there live in the building, we actually got to see the full thing. It took a while to realize what was going on. 
watching it. Oh, as it was going on after a few beers, it was like, oh, Ed's on Cassery or whatever. I, live, I don't think it came across as well, in my opinion, as it did on TV. Because live, we were just like, what is going on? Like, why is Yarno up there? But on TV, they only showed, say, five seconds of it. I thought it was a good... People have shitted on it, but I thought it was a good idea to have, to play on the fact that Enzo tried to hijack Survivor Series by sitting in the crowd. I thought that was really clever. Whether or not Enzo and Cass are the best thing for Ring of Honor is another matter, but hey, they will get might get a few people watching, whatever. But I thought it was really well booked how they went to the commentary desk. They said, we're not going to give these wrestlers the time of day. We're not going to give these people the time of day to get themselves on TV. I thought that was all well done. So I will I give think, that. Yeah, I think it was. However, I think we have skipped, uh, skipped the match there, Dan. Um, if we look at it, it was the street fight and then we went on to the... Oh, yeah, um, it was after the other one, weren't it? I bet you're wondering what I'm going on about. Yeah, a little bit. I, yeah. I, I had had about 14 beers at the point of watching this, by the way. So That's no problem. Um, I'll get into that a little bit just after we've, we've we finished the, 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 that, that match was concerned. So, um, I don't think there's going to be much ar- arguments in this next match. Um, really well done. Um, Dragon Lee versus Bandido and Taiji Ishimori. Um, I... I it was exactly what I expected out of the match. Um, I, I, I loved, I loved it. It was, it, as I say, after that lull that we'd had, where people had gone and got a beer, had a piss, got the popcorn, whatever. Fell asleep. It just brought the energy up in the room. Yeah, it was it was a great match. When I it needed, I think that's where my bitterness towards the previous Ring of Honor stuff come. When that women's match is getting ten minutes and this match is getting eight, this match if it had, 50, I don't think it, was it needed great. more than eight. Oh, I don't think it needed more than eight. Danny, watch it back on the VOD or whatever. Yeah, right. The second that Dragon Lee wins, yeah, you can just there wasn't a pop. It was a oh, it's it's over already. That it was like a sigh around the building when the referee hit three. Because the crowd just wanted more. I was the same live. I was thinking, this is great. Just as they were, I was ready for another five minutes of insanity. And then the match ended. But yeah, it was a great match, weren't it? Great match. It really, it really was. And again, I will try and do a little bit of defence in here. Dragon Lee made his name in America or in North America within ROH, obviously from CMLL previously. Um, so... It was a great match, and there was Ring of Honor representation in there. Bandido's only been in ROH for a while. Uh, I know Dragon Lee has been in um, New Japan with uh, with the feud against um, Hiroma. That huge was the signing. One thing. Bandido, huge signing for Ring of Honor. Huge. Uh, yeah. Um, one thing I will say is how good would it have been if Hiroma had come out um, when Dragon Lee won the, uh, won the belt? Yeah, it would have been it would have been great, but I think that they're probably saving it for Japan, aren't they? Well, they're clearly saving but, it for Japan. But it didn't. It didn't. It didn't. There needed to be no action in the ring. All he needed to do was walk on the stage, look at him, and punt. That's all. And I think that that would the, the place would have exploded because everyone was ready for it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I f- it would have been nice for him to do it now, but hey, I think the the latest I've heard is that. Hiromu is going to be back late summer. I think. Yeah. Apparently, yeah. it was they were hoping he'd be back for the end of uh, the best of the Super Juniors. You know, ready I for think, that tournament, but they reckon it might be after that now. I think if it, if he, if he can possibly fit it in with Dominion, 
um, which is obviously the yeah. I think second biggest show, maybe maybe third, depending on on your thoughts for New Japan. Uh, that's early June, I think it's around the sixth of June. Um, yeah. It would be it would be great to see. Him. But as I say, that could that build up could have started there, a walkout, a point, and then you know you can yeah. follow that up. But and I I don't I am not a religious viewer of New Japan. I'll watch all the the all the sh- the big shows. Or the, what we call pay-per-views, but I don't watch the Road 2 shows anymore, so I may be a little bit off of my opinions on, on New Japan. Uh, um, n- nobody needs to watch them shows, the Road 2 shows. It's more like the actual shows. You can skip them. Nobody needs to watch a card full of random tag matches. Um, right, so this tag team title match, I've already spoiled the ending for anyone who, for some reason, has decided to wait for our review to find out what's going on. But... Um, <laughs> Yeah, so this match, it, it was good. It was good, weren't it? It was. Uh, for me, uh, Jay and Mark Briscoe, I've I've loved them since they started. The change-up of characters are starting to get a little bit dark now this last year or so. Uh, the promos that they do are absolutely fantastic. The videos that they, they, they upload on weekly TV. Um, Villain Enterprises, Brody King and PCO. Brody King's another one who has the potential to do loads of good stuff in Ring of Honor as a singles competitor, but at the moment having him with PCO, it just creates that little bit of, you know, uh, a little bit of magic in the tag team division. The started with the entrances with Destro electrocuting um, PCO to wake him up. I was which, having a piss. I missed that. Well, it, you did. You didn't. I get why they did it. It went on a little bit too long for me. Um, Gorillas of Destiny again. One of you know one of my favourite teams to watch in New Japan. Anybody, 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 anybody. I love that theme song. I was I was having a dump on the airport toilet and I was trying to download it, ready for the plane journey. Thanks for sharing. Um, so. It was uh, Evil and Snado from LIJ again, another great team. Really enjoyable. The, 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 the some of the some of the spots in this match were great. The um, the double power bomb um, on PCO from the ring to the outside was was great. Um, the um, magic killer from uh, from Gilles of Destiny. It, I really really enjoyed this match. Yeah, it, it was good. It was good. I enjoyed it. The PCO, PCO stole the show for me. Stole yeah. the show. Another note, which I'm just going to quickly say about the match. It mm. was originally changed, weren't it, to Enzo and Cass. So we thought, not Enzo and Cass, um, PCO and Brody King. It was originally going to be them, weren't it, against... Um, yeah, yeah, and I remember thinking to myself, oh, that is such a kick in the balls for the Briscoes. They've been there since I watched... They was on yeah. Unified, and I was so glad when it got announced that they was on. Like, I don't like the whole, oh, you deserve to be on the card, but if anyone deserved to be on Ring of Honor's biggest ever show, it was the Briscoes. Agreed, agreed. Um, I, it may have detracted from the match slightly because the original match was, was planned in was Gorillas of Destiny versus yeah, yeah. Briscoes. Um, that was the original, and then obviously it's 17th anniversary show, Villain Enterprises won the, um, won the titles. I'm not a huge fan of multi-team or multi-man no, matches, I pre- you know, but um, I, I enjoyed this one. Yeah. Um, and as I say, at the end of the match, uh, Enzo 
and Cass made a disturbance in the crowd, come out and attack the Briscoes. Um, what I love watching this is the Gorillas of Destiny. They and Lij seem to have no clue that this was about to happen. They apparently um, didn't. Yeah, um, they, they they come out, Mark and Jay, and it was at that point when we were watching it, and the way the TV cameras turned away, you could see them, but you couldn't. They knew there was something going on. Um, but when we were in the arena, I thought that was a hundred percent shoot, and I think that was what was so good. I watched a video of it from a little bit from you know in the, the hundred section somebody had taken online, and again I thought it was a legit shoot. It was only until I watched the video from somebody in the front row where the punches and everything looked brutal. However, you could see the a couple of the punches were pulled, and you only needed to see one or two being pulled, and you know that it's you know it was a way. However, for a, a jaded old wrestling fan like myself. Um, to be unsure of that for a good ten minutes or so until I'd seen that video, I think was remarkably well done. Yeah, I don't so like I don't like Enzo and Cass. I think Enzo has more about him as a worker. However, he is probably the most hated man, legitimately hated man in wrestling, other than Vince McMahon at the moment. I like um, him. The 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 only person who who the, the the fans in terms of a wrestler the fans would revile more is if fucking Chris Benoit come out and said it was all a work that was <laughs> they legitimately there was fuck you Enzo chance going on there was legitimate hatred in the building for him they thought he'd done a Survivor Series trick and just turned up um, well it was Survivor Series wasn't it or something yeah it so. was Survivor um, Series that he turned up and it was really, I think, going forward, they're going to be free agents. Uh, it's all being announced since. I think going forward, people will tune in to see the Briscoes knock fuck out of these guys. I agree. Um, and also the way the Bully Ray went flying out at them as well from the back. Bully um, Ray ends up in an in-ring segment on the mic for 10 minutes will be amazing because no matter what you say about Enzo, he's amazing on the microphone. Yeah. I don't think I don't think he's bad in the ring at all. To be See, honest now, with you, either. For me, it, I don't think he's amazing. But when I said to you, you said to me about oh, Ring of Honor's all about working and stuff. This mm. show for me signalled them the deciding to go in a different sort of direction. Ring of Honor ten years ago would never have considered signing Enzo and Cass. It wouldn't even have been up for debate. And now, I think if it's, if it's done in the right way, then it can be. I, mean, I, I think it's a good. I think it's a good thing for Ring of Honor. Maybe not if you if you like me and you expect Ring of Honor to be. I think I just need to accept that the Ring of Honor that I used to watch is gone. That's now possibly. This what is P- this is going to be a very hard. This is going to be a very hard match. Dan, they're going to go up against the Briscoes, and it's going to be knocking shite out of each other. Now big, that big was a part. That fuck. was a part of Ring of Honor. That that was as much a part of Ring of Honor mm. as the technical matches and technical wrestling. Thinking of the CZW invasion. Um, Right, we're going to have to get going and cracking on Danny because my little girl is probably due to walk through the door in about 15, 20 minutes. No worries. Um, The next match... (laughs) The next match was uh, Zack Sabre Jr. versus um, Hiroshi Tanahashi. Um, Not not, not for me a a great match. It was... 
it was what I'd expect from Zack Sabre and Hiroshi Tanahashi. Wasn't certainly wasn't a bad match. Um, it, it it just for me for me didn't seem like. Again, you can't have every match to be um, a top a top draw, but it was enjoyable. It wasn't much more than that for me. You're gonna probably tell me about Meltzer's gave it eight and a half stars now. <laughs> Meltzer give it four stars. Um, right now, for me, this match, I think if you remember, right, what took the crowd's attention away? I'm sure the Bret Hart thing had just sort of like the, happened. The, the Bret Hart thing had dropped, and people were looking. Yeah, um, Enzo Cass as well. Yeah, so the I first think... ten minutes, first ten minutes of the match, nobody was interested. Yeah, nobody was interested, um, and then it felt like the match ended really quickly. Um, yeah, I was glad that Zach won. Although I was sat there thinking, while wow, Tanahashi won the title in the Tokyo Dome three months ago, and now he's just losing random matches. But anyway, I'm glad for Saber because I think he's top ten wrestlers in the world for me. If you like that sort of style, yeah, um, I've watched the match back. Have you watched it back? Yes. Yeah. See, I watched the match back and I thought it was really good. I enjoyed it. Um, the crowd weren't really into it, but I really enjoyed this match. I wouldn't yeah. quite say it'd be a four-star match. Maybe, like, if you're being funny, I'd probably say it was like a seven out of ten or something. I enjoyed it. I did enjoy it, but I love the Sabre Jr. style. And I like Tanahashi when he's not doing the style. You know, like, sometimes he'll face Okada where it's high-five flow, kick out, Rainmaker, do you know what I mean? Doing yeah. the uh, Okada or whatever. The New Japan main event style. Yeah, isn't it? the start. I actually like Tanahashi when he's doing these sort of matches. I thought it was good. I'm glad Tanahashi's doing these sort of matches. Having worked with Sabre Jr. all year because it gives him a little bit of a rest. Do you know what I mean? He's obviously, his knees aren't in the best condition. You can just yeah. tell by looking at him. So having worked with people like Sabre Jr. where he doesn't actually need to do. Do you know what I mean? If you have him working with a bushy, that's a whole different kettle of fish. Um, but yeah, I thought it was a good match. Um, yeah, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed this match. Um, it wasn't great live, let's be honest. But no, as you say, but it wasn't bad either. It was just very middle of the road for me. For two years now, Danny, people, including me, have bitched. We've complained, which doesn't sound like me. We've bitched. We've complained. We've whined. We've groaned because what? Of people wanted we have complained that new japan when they've come over to the u.s they have not given the u.s fans a top japanese star versus top japanese star well finally they've given the fans what they wanted and it was one of the best workers in the world for me kota ibushi against another great worker Tetsuya Naito, Ibushi versus Naito, they've had great matches, they had a great match in the G1, they had a great match in the New Japan Cup the other week, so when this match got announced, I was like, yes, I don't care, whatever else happens on this show, you can have a 25-minute Kelly Klein match, not quite, as long as I get Ibushi versus Naito in a nice match, I am happy, I loved it. I loved it, Danny. I, I was I was sat watching, thinking I am watching Ibushi versus Naito in front of me at the Garden. I loved this match. I did, I did too. Um, probably shockingly to most and to yourself, I thought this was my favourite match on the card. Um, for me, it beat uh, in terms of enjoyment. Uh, Okada versus uh, Jay White. Um, for, for two reasons. One, the, the more the match went on at the time, the more tired I was. And two, the fact that I don't buy into Jay White. Um, 
he's not my favourite performer. I know he's not yours, but he won your respect. Um, but yeah, it was a really, really good match. Um, not without its botches, let me say, because they tried to do a, a rolling pinfall. Yeah, um, yeah. They both messed up a couple of times, to be honest with you. Um, however, it wasn't a major thing. It wasn't a major issue. These two went out. They got the stuff in. Um, two completely different styles gelled so well together in the match. Obviously, Kota Ibushi comes out and wins the title from Naito, which was a bit strange because I noticed on the the promo that Naito said he wants to become a double champion, uh, intercontinental and IWGP heavyweight champion at the same time. Um, so I don't know why they throw that in there without any substance on them for him just to lose. Um, but, as I say, Bushi, fantastic wrestler, someone I love watching. Naito, the same. And I think he he has to really, really step into that main event slot now. New Japan has to elevate him. He's elevated himself to a great degree, and he's been in and around the title picture, being at Wrestle Kingdom, but now he needs to constantly be up at that level. Yeah, I think it night for me, if you... Ask me, I'd say Naito's probably favourite to win the G1 and it'll probably go on to beat Okada at the Tokyo Dome next year. Obviously, that might not happen, but... He I deserves think, it, to be fair. Yeah, he deserves it. Um, I'd li- Personally, I'd like to see Ibushi Okada at the Tokyo Dome next year, but I think they need two huge matches each night, don't they, next year? I think yeah. what you do, you do Okada Naito, night two for the title, and then you could have for the IC title, Ibushi Omega because Omega said he does want to work for New Japan. Again, it's in his AEW contract, so they'd be two huge matches that could probably sell out both nights. Um, But anyway, that that discussion's for another day. As we said, this was a great match. I loved it. I I know you don't like star ratings, but I'm going to give mine. I'd probably say four and three-quarter stars. Can't quite give it five, because like you said, there was the odd botch. I didn't like the spot where uh, Naito threw a bushy towards the uh, guardrail, and the, did you see it where it, it it like went into the security guard, and the yeah. security guard just stood there, no sold it. I yeah, was thinking, completely. smash him in the face, Naito, smash him <laughs> in the face. But instead, he shook his hand. I was gutted. Yeah, yeah I love the spot where Bushi did the Nakamura pose as well. That was uh, good. Uh, but yeah, great match. Ibushi, if you're listening, I know you're not. Please stop landing on your head. It doesn't add that much to your matches. And I can just see, even Naito as well, both of them are landing on the heads a bit too much. You've seen what happened to Hiromu. Just, you, you don't need to do it. You're too good. You don't need to do it, but whatever. Great match. Um, Ring of Honor title time. Yeah. Because um, I said, come away from this, not feeling very... Impressed, felt a little bit let down. I think the match needed something a little bit more. However, that was in the arena. As I said, at that point, we were pushing pushing midnight. And I was getting really tired, and we'd just seen a great match So from from Ibushi and Naito. So it, it felt to me a little bit let down. Uh, again, I'll go into the fact that I don't like multi-man matches. Um, it, it, it takes away from me, from the story. I think it dilutes it. However, I'm watching this back. I really enjoyed the match. Um, it was... Um, I love Taven. I love his character. I think he's a great worker, and I love the, the longevity of the storyline with the kingdom and the, you know, what, what they said, but the ROH working against them. And 
they've been working against them for years. They favoured the Bullet Club, they favoured the Hardys, they favoured this, that and the other. And then finally, at the biggest show in ROH's history, in the joint main event, Matt Taven, who had a conspiracy against them, wins the world title, legitimate world title. Um, I think this has been such a lovely long build that I was glad to see glad to see Taven get a great performance from Jay Lethal. Marty Scale, um don't know whether this wasn't his style of match, but out of the three competitors and Marty Scale being one of my favourite wrestlers, um he didn't he seemed he seemed to ring it in a little bit. Don't know whether that's because he's off to AEW or what have you. Um but yeah, I think Jay Lethal did tremendously well in this match. Matt Haven, great to see him as champion for me. Uh, he is currently one of my favourites, so I really enjoyed the match. Right. For me, these three wrestlers are not the three wrestlers you put in a ladder match. I thought it was bizarre putting them in a ladder yeah, match. No, no, I'd agree with that, actually. Yeah. Um, as I say, Ring of Honor is supposedly built up on wrestling so I don't like ladder matches. I'm going to throw that. I don't like them. Don't like them. I just think they're overused. I think there needs to be one ladder match every year. And I feel like every time I watch a big Ring of Honor show, every time I watch a big WWE show, we always seem to get a ladder match. Um, I don't like Matt Taven. I think he's a mid-card guy. I don't like the kingdom. Jay Lethal, for me, I can take a leave. I associate Jay Lethal and Matt Taven with the Ring of Honor that struggles to grab my attention. But with that said, I like this match. <laughs> I actually enjoyed it. I've not yeah. watched it back. Honest to God, I swear I could slit your throat at times. Um, <laughs> I enjoyed this match. Honestly, you, I spoke to you after the show and you was like, oh, I was disappointed with the Ring of Honor title match. And yeah, I, I was. I, I didn't want to say I thought I, I quite enjoyed it. I thought it was a nice little, bre- nice little break between the classic Night Oabushi match and then the Okada match. I enjoyed it. <laughs> but again, going back to you saying about what ROH is, and this should be technical wrestling, Ladder Wars have been a staple of ROH for a long time. Um, so, and I like, and, but I do agree that these weren't the guys for it. Um, you know, you see Jay Lethal as, and Matt Haven as the mid card, as these people that don't grab your attention. However, Ring of Honor fans, a great deal of them, See it as the the workhorses of ROH. Yeah, well, not what, what you said. If you watch well, Ring of Honor week sub- in and week out, subjective. fair enough. But and as I say, I, I, this this storyline of Matt Haven and Gado gets all the credit in the world for long term booking, but this is going back over eighteen months. This build up to this storyline, which I've been invested in. Yeah, so fair enough. You know, it it, it, it swings and roundabouts, and as I say, it's, it, it's all subjective anyway. Um, so it, I enjoyed it more on the second watch. The next one, which was the true main event, um, IWGP Heavyweight Championship, uh, Kazuchika Okada versus Jay White uh, with Gado, who obviously betrayed Okada. Um, First of all, I want to say I love at the way at these big shows, whenever the IWGP title is on the line, they commemorate former champions on the big screen. Love they that. have the, his- the history of the belt. and I, I think that's wonderful. It, it adds something to, uh, to the match. 
Sorry, I was just having a bit of water. Um, right. <laughs> Okada versus Jay White. Right. I know you might roll your eyes at this, but back in some shit all in Liverpool in 2006, was it? 2006? Unified? 2005, I think, around that time. 2000 and 2006, it was 2006. I can only remember because I remember going to watch North End the week before. Anyway, right. <laughs> so it's back, Unified. Unified to, was, would have been 2006, yeah. I mean, you might be right, mate. You might be right. You know what my memory's like. Yeah, I think I think it will have been because I'm just going off. Hang on. You know you North End. I trust you on that. Unified 2006 ROH. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah, right. So back in 2006, it was probably possibly one of my third or fourth wrestling shows. A little match took place called Nigel McGuinness and Brian Danielson. I remember watching it and thinking, oh my God, that is amazing. Since that day, I've been to possibly 100 wrestling shows. Maybe, I don't know. I've been to WrestleManias year after year, I've been to indie shows. I've been to quite a lot of shows. And I've been waiting and waiting for a match. Whenever anyone says to me, what's the best match you've seen live? I've always said Brian Danielson, Nigel McGuinness. John Cena, Shawn Michaels from Earl's Court was close. Very, very close because that was a great match. That was one of the best matches I've seen live. But that was always the best match I had seen live. Danielson, McGuinness. These WrestleManias, they have had good matches. But I'd never say there's been a classic match at any of them. Maybe Kofi Bryan, possibly. However... Okada versus Jay White. For me, I can't believe I just said Jay White. I'm about to finish this sentence. Jay White versus Okada is the best match I have seen live. I, I And I went into this match. You might say, why would you go into a match at such a big event not wanting to like it? I don't like Jay White. I went into this match wanting to say, I wanted to be able to come in and go, I told you Jay White was shit. Told you, he couldn't even have a good match with Okada. Wrong. I was wrong. I am completely wrong. Jay White proved himself. He had a great match with Okada. I loved everything about this match. The little things at the start. People say, oh, you don't need to watch the first 15 minutes of an Okada match. If you're a bit of a spot monkey, yeah, you might not. It was amazing. They brought everything back. Um... I've not got any notes for this show that we're doing today, but there were so many spots at the start of the match that would then play out at the end. And I'm a sucker for that sort of stuff. Can't think there was one, and I'm going to finish recording the show, and I think, oh, why didn't I mention it? It was just... There was was the... When Okada went from nearly Rainmaker and Jay Lethal, Lethal, um, Jay White just just fell to his knees, didn't he? Um, yeah, I think that spot. That yeah, spot it was, and that, that that you know that comeback later as well. The slow punches were amazing towards the end as well. I just loved it. It's like, yeah, if the slow punches, or whatever, they're telling me, they're telling me, they're telling all the dumb bastards watching this match. Yeah, we've gone through a war. I just yeah. thought it was beautiful. I loved it. I saw the best ever false finish i've ever seen live or on tv because when okada hit was it the second maybe third rainmaker i was literally up out of my seat my arms were going down to the floor one two 
and he kicked out. Me and Neil were looking at each other. Neil was celebrating. I felt like smashing him around the face. <laughs> so at that moment, I thought, oh, my God, Jay White is retaining. Jay White hits a blade runner. Me and Neil were flying everywhere. And Neil's trying to start a Jay White channel. I felt like kneeing him. Oh, the emotions during this match were incredible. I've never experienced it for a wrestling match. Obviously, it helped that I desperately wanted Okada to win. Yeah. But... Oh, Danny, I loved this match. I know you said you preferred Night with Bushi, which is all personal preference. I can understand it was at the end of a long show, a long day. We had our first beer at 10 a.m. But this match, oh, I will never say a bad word about Jay White for at least a week or two after this. This was phenomenal. Jay White was brilliant. The transitions from Okada, the counter, the counters towards the end of the match, I just thought it was fantastic. And I'll say one thing that I was saying. I did a podcast about Jay White not being over. Even from the first entrance, the music, the entrance, I thought, yeah, a star's coming to the ring. And I can't believe I'm saying that. And the last thing I'm going to say about this match, Okada is the best wrestler in the world. Not even up for debate for me. You can say it's debatable. It's not. He's the best wrestler in the world. You're, you're putting him above Matt Taven. <laughs> putting him above that team it's a close close one so well yeah no I, I i love this match it was fantastic uh it was really enjoyable it's again two of these two of these matches the ibushi naito and this one go into directly to my top 10 live matches that i've ever seen um and it was a great they, they pulled the crowd back up because it was late it was a long show People have been out during the day. They've been to other wrestling shows. They've been doing what we've done. So at that late night, to grab the attention back in the way that they did, I thought it was absolutely fantastic. You've covered yeah. most things. I agree with near enough everything you've said. Um, it was a great way to finish off the show with Okada stood in the middle of the ring as a new IWGP champion, um, changing hands outside Japan. Um, in terms of Jay White, I think he's a terrific wrestler. I do, however, view him as still an up and mid card guy. Um, I don't think he fits the Switchblade character at all. I agree. With um, that. so although I was, I, I can't knock his work, I can't, you, you just can't. He's fantastic. However, the match in itself was absolutely brilliant, Lo- lovely finish to a uh, what was an amazing event, um, in my view. Um, so yeah, um, you said to me, I mean, you, you seem to have a lot of criticism of the show, but at the same time, you me? said to me, Yes, I loved um, it. It's the best show I've ever been to. You, fuck, dickhead. Um, it is. You, 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 the more, you know, you've had your criticisms of the show, but at the same time, you just said to me, It's the best show you, you've been to, and oh, you also no. said. And you've also said that, you know, it was for you, and you went to both, I only went to this show, it was a, a better experience than NXT, which it was, was an absolutely fantastic show. Than NXT. The, the thing is, I can't get over from that NXT show. In the building, and you can ask Neil this, it was it felt quiet. It felt like there was 12 rows opposite the hard cam going apeshit, and the rest of the building were quiet. And then you watch it back on the network... And it seems like everyone's going ape shit. And I'm just going to say one thing, one thing which might upset a lot of people. Okada White was better than Cole Gargano. Five and a half stars. 
can take that half a star and you can do what you want with it. But old card at Jay White, they didn't need. Oh, I'm not going to get into it. I'm not going to shut it. I'm in a great mood. It was great. That's that's for another day. But what was weird in terms of the contrast you were talking about there was you said that the the live crowd at NXT didn't feel up for it. I thought at Madison Square Garden, the crowd was fucking hot, but it didn't come over on TV. Yeah, I agree. I, agree. I thought that with wanted to, to be fair, though, there's that video of me going mad at the crowd when Okada come out going, stand up, you dickheads or something. Yeah, you, you, you can be quite quite an arrogant person at, at the best of times. So I put to... a poll up, Danny, right, on our Twitter, right, saying which was the better show, WrestleMania or New Japan? Because I've seen lots of people complaining about this New Japan show, right? When I went back to watch WrestleMania, I thought, right, what can I watch? I thought, right, I watched Kofi Bryant, excellent. I watched the women's main event. It was pretty good. And I thought, what can I watch next? What actually is a match? I think, yeah, I want to watch that back. So there's two matches that I'd say were good. There was SmackDown tag was all right, right? On this show, you had a great Cobb Osprey match. Yep. You had a very, very good four-way tag title match. You had a great triple threat match, Dragon Lee, Ishimori, Bandido. You had a good Sabre Junior Tanahashi match. You had a classic Ibushi Naito match. You had yeah. a very good Ring of Honor ladder match. And you had an amazing, amazing Okada five-star match, Okada versus Jay White. And people are voting for WrestleMania. And I'm thinking, fuck off. You've, you've got to understand, though, people's preferences are different. Not everybody likes New Japan. Not everybody likes WWE. And not everyone likes Ring of Honor. I so, like everything. The, I got... have a non-biased opinion. I can't stand these people who are like, oh, I don't like such a wrestler. I don't like him. Sure, basically, people are only voting for WrestleMania, Danny, because Rollins won and Becky won and Kofi hang on, won. Hang Nothing on to do with the actual hang, no, hang, on, hang on a minute before you start ranting. Who do the majority of wrestling fans watch? WWE. That's why the poll... Went to WrestleMania. That's pure and simple. It's a numbers game, mate. So, yeah, I suppose, I suppose. I just thought this was a lot great of people show. will have voted. A lot of people will have voted for that without even seeing the G1 Supercar. Without even knowing the G1 Supercar was on. So don't get you yeah. worked up about it. I'm not uh, worked up. It just just made me laugh. Really, you were just shout. We was at WW. I was at WWE show WrestleMania. I was at the G1 and I was at NXT. And from a completely unbiased point of view, because I, I love WWE, I might I like to complain about it, but I love WWE. They, they were the first wrestling company that I watched. I watched more WWE than I do New Japan. But for me, the best show, I was there live at all of them. So I'm like, we'd had that many beers, I could barely even see half of the show. And this, <laughs> this show was the best show, plain and simple for me. Great show. I, I agree. Um, I would probably say this is in terms of wrestling and enjoyment is probably the best show i've ever been to um I, I, as i say i've seen in my opinion i've seen more enjoyable or better matches but I, that seriously is my opinion um however the show as a whole in the garden a special atmosphere a special show and it'll live live long, long in the memory for me um so, thank you very much, Dan, for coming on today. Well, um, I've not finished. Uh, I just wanted to say that it is very rare to have a show going in that is historic 
going in is a historic show. I think it's very rare that it actually lives up to that hype, and it did. It lived up to that hype, and we had O'Connor who went out after six hours of wrestling and got the crowd going ape shit. I'm a big Becky Lynch fan, a big Ronda Rousey fan. They didn't manage to do that on the WrestleMania side of things. That just shows how great Okada is. A great show, a memorable show. I, I just love it. I could happily go back and watch this show again, and I've already watched it twice. You finished now? Yeah, I was just, uh, I don't know, I think I've had two, I had two tea bags in that last cup of tea. I think it's just <laughs> it. <laughs> right. Well, we're going to go and go now and watch Masters of the Craft. Um, Dan's going to make a lot of criticisms of the show. Uh, I will get into arguments with him, and then he'll agree with me that the show was fantastic and purely point out these criticisms just to annoy me, no doubt. Um, but that's why we love him. Dan, uh, Daniel, thank you very much. I really do appreciate you coming on. It's mm, I wouldn't say it's nice to have a, a somebody to argue with, but you uh, it was great having you on. Cheers, Danny. See you later. All right, I'll see you when we do our wrestling newspaper Road Diaries um, podcast, which should be really good because over the week we did really have fun. Look out for all the shows on the network, and hopefully soon, within the next day or two, I will have a Beer with Danny episode coming up, and the next House of Honor podcast uh, episode will be Masters of the Craft. Thank you very much for your time. Bye.